Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm joined by Washington linebacker, Jamin Davis. But we're not really talking football. Instead, we're talking about his friend and former teammate, Chris Oates, who suffered a stroke in the spring of 2020 while at Kentucky. Oates would have been a starting linebacker for Kentucky and very likely would have been an NFL draft pick the following spring. His tragedy did open the door for Davis to play more. He may have played more anyways, but this situation pushed Davis to maximize his talent. I wrote a story about this on ESPN.com before the Monday night game, but you can hear the interview, of course, now. And I'll be joined by the Washington Post's Mickey Javala as we discuss the recent three-game streak and how long might this good play last. You can follow Nikki on Twitter at Nikki Javala, that's N-I-C-K-I-J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A, and read her work on WashingtonPost.com. She had a story last week on defensive end James Smith-Williams and his work with domestic violence victims. That was an excellent read. And of course, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up about the streak tomorrow and some similarities it shares to last year's streak. I do think that this team is better. I think they're more tested. I'm going to ask Nikki about that as well. Anyway, let's get to it. So here's my conversation with Washington linebacker Jamin Davis talking about his good friend, Chris Oates. I don't even know where to start with him because, but how often, first of all, how often are you still in contact with him? I check in with him here and there with the whole situation, you know, with his, making sure that his mom, when she reaches out to me, I try to respond as best as possible, knowing that I have a busy schedule. But even still, like, it, it's, 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 it's really tough on me every now and then when I look back and get little memories of photos and stuff like that with me and him and, and Square in the locker room. Mm. And, and we, because we were all like extremely, extremely close. But um, it's, it's really unfortunate. But in my eyes, it's always that, you know, God has a plan for everybody. And the way that the situation unfolded, it was just, it's heartbreaking. But, you know, I, I know he's going to keep going and doing what he needs to do to get back together. It's hard to sometimes understand that plan in a situation like yeah. this, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know this is for a reason, yeah. you know. So it's, it's nothing to, to be, like, bummed out about. I, I know he's doing as best as he possibly can when it comes to, like, the rehab and whatnot. And it's, 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 it's actually motivational because I might not have it on right now, but I still to this day wear the 22 Oak Strong band they gave okay. me when I was at Kentucky to use as motivation. Is, and it's just it's one of those things that you know that you got to have a purpose because you don't know when this can be taken from you. Do you play with that on? Yeah, every now and then. Like this past game I didn't because it was okay. a little chilly out there, okay. so I, I wore some sleeves. But usually I do wear it because I look down at it and it's like, you never know what snap might be your last, so you want to go out there and still play for him, no matter if I'm on the same team with him or not. I'm still playing for him because at the end of the day, we always going to be brothers. And so, like what you said, you text a couple times a week or so? Or? Every now and then when I get an opportunity. Like, as far as, like, when we're not in meetings and stuff like that, or if I see that I got a little downtime, I might send something motivational, or if his mom wants to reach out and give me an update or something like that, I'll do as much as I can, and, you know, just... Does he ever send you anything like, hey, you're playing with your hair on fire? Does he ever say anything? Because <laughs> nah, nah, he seems nah, like he wants to still, like, and talking to Coach Summerall, he's like, hey, make sure these guys are ready. Make sure this. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Does he ever send you anything like that? Not necessarily anything specific, but I, me knowing Chris, I know he, he, he probably cannot stay away from ball. He's probably sitting, probably right now as we speak, probably sitting at home watching something related to ball or something related to a game that he, you know what I mean, in the past. But um, it's, it's definitely, he's like I said, he's, he's a brother for life. I know for, for sure he's probably 
sitting somewhere and proud of me, and I'm, I'm always going to be proud of him and the things that he did in the past and whatnot, and it's going to always be that way. What do you remember about what happened? When you, what, how did you find out? Uh, I honestly, I remember the exact day like it was yesterday. I mean, at first, when I first heard the news, I thought it was a sick joke. I didn't, I didn't even think that it was real at first. And um, Who told you? Summer was the first one that had reached out to us and that let us know what was going on, and they didn't really give like specific details because we were still trying to figure it out as well. He was trying to figure out as well. But um, when it first happened, I, I, like I said, I thought it was a sick joke or something like that. And then going forward, my first thing was like, is he okay? You know what I mean? Like that's that's the first thing that's gonna click into your mind is, is he okay? Like, is there any way we can see him? Like, you know what I mean? Like we, we didn't know the extent of what was really going on. And then just going forward, like I knew at that point in time, like. He wouldn't want us to be sitting around like bummed out about the situation. He wouldn't want us to just feel pity or anything like that. So I was like, in my mind, it's like you got to step up and do what you need to do to, to, to make him proud. And especially when it was going into the season, we figured out that we were going to get a chance to still represent him on the field wearing 22. 20, yeah. It was like, when is it going to be my turn? You know what I mean? Like right. when I first found out that it was going to be my turn against the Mississippi State game, I wanted to do as best I possibly can to go out there. And yeah, I wanted to do as best as possible to uh, go out there and represent him and, and to make him and his family proud, knowing that he probably somewhere sitting watching the game. So He also, like, he played the same position that you play. Right. Do you think, like, you know, because players get chances all the time because something else, a guy gets hurt and all that. Did that ever, did you ever think about that? Like, it, you know, you, maybe you're going to get some time anyways because mm -hmm. I know the coaches felt you were playing well at the end of the year. But do you ever think about that, like how your chance came about, or does that do you not allow that? Because like, hey, this is. You know, it, it was never anything like like. And I don't mean wondering. you should feel bad. Or, yeah, guilty yeah, about yeah, your chance. It, but. it was it was it was more so of knowing that I was trying to step up at the end of that season, and knowing that going into it, like we were both going to get equal opportunities. So I wasn't going to be bummed out of whoever was the starter because I knew that when we were both going to be out there. Um, it was just going to be a pretty firm rotation to go out there and both show what we got. So just go out there and play ball like we know how to do. So, I mean, it wasn't really nothing like like in my mind, like going back thinking like what could have been or anything like that. Because I know that even if he was still the starter, we both was going to go out there and just do what we do. So, But it's also, I would imagine for him, it's also weird because you're in the spot that he would like to be in. You know, like he was trending toward the NFL as well. Right, I mean... Right. Do you, you know, did that ever come up for you with him or anything like that, or does that? Not at all, because actually that was one of the things that me, him, and Square always harped on was that all three of us one day was going to get to the league and one day we was going to go out there and make our families proud. And I, I probably still can look somewhere in my phone and find the messages, okay. but that was definitely something that we, we, that was our goal, like all three of us. And even, even still to this day, I know Square is right behind me. And um, I know Chris would be somewhere just sitting proud of us, and we're we going to always be proud of him. And like I said, we always going to be brothers. So it wasn't like a, oh, he going to get here, I'm not, or anything like that. Right. All three of us, we, it was a, a, a mutual goal for all three of us to get to where we wanted to be. And I, and I think for them, you know, it's funny because when I talked to his mom and I was texting with Chris, you know, because I asked him, is it weird? Because from that side, it's like seeing you, you know, would it remind them of where he isn't? But it actually was, I think, very proud of you, right. more more than that. And it may have been hard, but I think there was a very pride. And they like, I think they even said they told you, represent him basically. Do it, oh, yeah. you know. Don't take advantage of this opportunity. Right, right, definitely. That's the that's the only thing you can do in this situation is like do as best you possibly can to to make him and his family proud. Because I know 
if I was to go back to Cincinnati, Ohio, they would definitely greet me with open arms, right. like like I'm a brother of his as well, because that's how I look at it as, as well. And because um, I mean, at the end of the day, me and him, we we, we always gonna be close, so regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, and just knowing that, like I said, at the end of the day, you never know when it can be sure. taken from you, and you never know when when will be your last snap, and you just want to go out there and play with your hair on fire, like right. I said. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you go back and talk to Square, he'll say the exact yeah. same thing. It's because you never know when it can be taken from you. And it's just one of those things that going forward, no matter where you are in your career, you always going to remember that and you always going to be able to go out to him and be there for him at, at all times. And one of the things that Coach Summerall said, he said after this happened, he noticed that he'd come into the meeting rooms and you've been there for 45 minutes. Right early, earlier right. than everybody else, right. much earlier than ever before. Right. And he said now he was starting to do that before then, but he wondered if there was a connection, like you saw what happened and like now I've got to take it one more step. It was just one of those things that like, it, it really, it's like a reality check, you know what I mean? Like like I just said, like you don't know when it'll end. So it's like once you see and that happen to somebody you were so close to, like when, when Chris and Square first got on campus, because I was a guy that I wasn't really out at the bars and party or anything like that. So it was like when I came across somebody that was extremely similar to me in a lot of ways, it was like I instantly clicked with him. So it was like we would always talk, even outside of ball. Like I would go over there and just play video games with Chris and, and, and just. What video my, games? Probably like Fortnite and stuff okay, like that. Okay, of course, you know of course. Yeah, I got kids. At that, at that time. Yeah. But um, just, yeah, like it was just one of those things that when you've seen it happen to him, it hit really close to home because it's like you don't know when this could be taken from you and it was like like an extra pressure like an extra little weight on your shoulder letting you know like you want to make him proud at the same time so you don't want to go out there and mess up things even if you do you want to make sure that you're still flying around to the ball so he said that you guys used to go get bw and go buffalo wing buffalo, factory buffalo wild wings. yeah but yeah. Yeah, we do every friday or something like that so uh our tradition was after each w we would go um, every other Wednesday to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings as a group. And we would just uh, go out there and just, as brothers, just go and get something to eat, just chop it up. And we wouldn't even talk about ball. It'd just be like a, a time to just bond and be together with your brothers and be just as close as possible. Because, I mean, every now and then you want to take a break from all of this. So. What, what would you get there? Because he told me what he would get. What would you get there? <laughs> uh, I would always get, um, it would be wingless, medium with barbecue, and then I get a side of fries every single time. So you get the boneless ones. Boneless. I would uh, always get. I'm, don't don't take it. My like, son does take that it any too. Type of way. I just took it boneless <laughs> because I would always try to get some extra, and then we okay, would switch well, around right, around right, the table right, sometimes. Yeah. So that's okay. why I got boneless. Okay. Okay. Then the other thing that Coach Summerall was talking about is you and DeAndre and Chris at the Belt Bowl all went out and got these crazy coats. <laughs> you know what's funny. That coat is sitting right in my closet in its own spot. Really? I swear. It's a Nautica jacket that me, him, and Chris, all like all three of us still have that jacket to this day. Like, I probably could wear it up here tomorrow if I wanted to. Really? Yes. What, it, why did you all three get that? Like, because that's a sign. I mean, it was, was just it was just a, a thing. Like, we decided that one day we was going to, like, all wear it and match together, like, like on some, like, we brothers type deal or whatever. And... I guess like it just at that specific moment I didn't think they were gonna actually get it, but then they was like, Yeah, like all three of us gonna get it. So I went back and was like, <laughs> Let me see if I can find it in my size and then we ended up like standing right there and we was like, Okay, let's go to the register. <laughs> so then we ended up all three of us buying the same jacket. So you guys were always tight then. Yeah. So yeah, like, like what else would you guys do? Like when I first like I said, when I first met him, it was just like it was instantly like I I I'm telling you, like I can still pull up videos on my phone. We used to joke around the locker room, like you, do you know what Snapchat is? Oh, yeah, yeah. I get memories on my Snapchat all the time, really? like almost every other day from, like, 
and we'd be just sitting in the locker room laughing, playing, or videos of square dancing in the locker room, and me and Chris sitting really? making fun, fun of him. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, like I said, outside of ball, just every now and then just going over to his house, just playing video games with him, or even if I'm at my own house, just being online, playing games with him, or even if it's related to ball, watching film together, that's what we did too as well. And it was just things like that that I felt like make, made us closer. What was it like for you when you saw him the first time after? I, I, I still remember when I first seen him. When I first seen him, it was the Georgia game. When he came in, he came into the locker room and he took everything in me, everything in me not to shed a tear. Because mm -hmm. it was just like, 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 wow. Like, he really sitting here in a wheelchair. Like, and it was crazy because Coach Summerall was the one that kind of like leaned on us to let us know like you don't want him to feel bad you know, about the situation. You don't want it to be a pity party because we need him to keep going. And at the end of the day, if I was in that kind of situation as well, that's what I would want. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't want anybody to feel bad for me. And I know Chris, I, I, like I know Chris, I know he wouldn't want anything like that. He wouldn't want nobody sitting around like feeling sorry for him because it's not like it's a predicament where he can't like get back to where he needs to be and where he wants to be. So there's no reason to, to sit and feel bad. Like, yeah, it's heartbreaking that the situation unfolded the way that it did. But at the end of the day, like, Chris is a real humble guy. And he's not going to let anybody sit around and feel sorry for him. And he's not going to feel sorry for himself. And he's going to do what he needs to do to be on top of his A game at all times. How good a player was he? Oh, man. <laughs> we, can, we can sit talking for hours about how good of a player Chris was. It was almost like watching a baby Ray Lewis out there. Like, really? I remember, I, I vividly remember the belt ball, I was actually on the sideline, but I remember watching him, and he had made like two or three plays, like back to back on I one specific that. drive. And it was like, it was like, man, like, like, like this motherfucker is going to the league. Like, yeah. he's, it's, it's crazy, like, just sitting and watching him. And it was like, do you remember awesome. what he did on those plays? I, I can't remember specifically. I do remember I was on the sideline. I was just standing there watching, and one of them was like maybe a screen or something like that, and it was like a TFL that he just shot and he mm -hmm. made, and he stood up and was like, yeah, like with his arms. And I was like, it just got me just yeah. like jumping because I'm like, man, like like Chris is a dog. Like there's, there's no way that you can take that from him. Like that's just naturally him. Like he just has love for the game that, that it's not something that you can teach to somebody. And just you just always remember him being like that, even in practice. Like. He just took everything so personal, me, him, and Square. And that's part of the reason why I look at it the way that I look at it. It's like, I want to be perfect with almost everything that I do. Because he was the exact same way, him and Square. And I just felt like going forward, like with my career, I will always be that way. DeAndre is going to be here soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt, no doubt about it at all. Like, I still mess with him every now and then. Like, I call him DeAndre Circle. <laughs> and I'll always be like, Circle. Like, I'll say that to him. Because he right behind me. That's like, that's kind of our little thing as well. But so you talk to him a lot still? Yeah, every now and then when I get a chance to, I'll reach out to him and try to let him know, like, how it's going up here and what to expect. But it's nothing that he won't be ready for at all. Like, his work ethic alone, that's, that's what a lot of people don't know about him. I think the same people as what they said about you, too. But when you had that 22 jersey on, what – was there a different feeling for you in that game? Instantly. As soon as I walked in the locker room and seen it sitting in my locker, it was like, I'm about to go out and do what I got to do for Chris because his locker was right beside mine. And seeing it just in my locker, like the first thing I did was look over at his this picture that was sitting right beside mine. I'm like, I'm going to do as best I can to represent you tonight. You know what I mean? Like, so that's you, all I can do. And then it was just from start to finish. I was going to do whatever I can and make sure I left it all out there. And you got, especially you got that pick and what did and you think, you, yeah, you got the pick. It was just, it was just so crazy because it was like, I didn't even expect it to happen. I just was trying to be out there doing my job. But like after it happened, like 
I was like, that's for Chris. That was for Chris. That was the whole game was for Chris. Like going back to the locker room at halftime, going back after the game, it, it was for Chris. Like that was the whole season. Like everything I felt like was for Chris and, and Slarman as well. Coach Slarman, I can't forget about him. He was one of the first coaches okay. I met when I got to uh, Kentucky. But that was one of the main things that was always in the back of my mind. That's why even at practice, even before games, we broke it down on Chris. Right. Like it was I think they still do that. Probably they still do I, that. I wouldn't doubt it at all because it was, it's, it's going to be for Chris. You yeah. know what I mean? So Last thing, though. How do you – if I had a friend that went like – when I'm your age, in the early 20s like that, it would be hard for me to see, as you have said. Did you need someone to help get you through that? Like, how do you get through that? Do you have to talk to somebody? Do you have to – how do you work that out to then move forward? Does that make sense? I get exactly what you're saying. It was one of those things where, like, I leaned on the guys around me that was in that room, like Square, yeah. of, of course, particularly, because it's like you don't really know necessarily how to cope with it. You know what I mean? Like, you can't sit and, and, and feel pity and be bummed out and, and just let it affect everything that is going on around you and just to the point where you come in and you just dragging along, showing up late for meetings and stuff like that because we knew that that's not what he would want. So. Most of my strength came from being around the guys in the room, Square, Jared, Quez, like all the rest of them. And it was just like one of those things where you, you don't want to just, just find an excuse not to go out and be great because that's not what he would want. So, it, it, and just knowing that because like we were so close, so you just knew him like the back of your hand, so. Do you still think about him when you're, like if you're all coming the in the morning, do you say time. like, Chris would do this, so all I better get out there? All the time, all the time, like literally, like, it was, it was, I'm pretty sure it was a couple days ago or maybe last week, it was a picture that he put on Twitter and it just instantly reminded me of Ev, like everything all over again. Okay. It was a picture of me, him, and Square after oh, practice or okay. in the middle of practice one day. And um, it was just one of those things where it's just a constant reminder like, man, like this could be taken from you at any given moment. There's, there's no reason why you should go out here and not play like every snap, like it's gonna be your last, you shouldn't be early the meetings doing whatever you can to just go out and just, just play ball and have fun doing it because the good man up above can take it from you at any given moment. So that's all it really boils down to. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. After this break, I'll be back with the Washington Post's Nikki Javala as we discuss the Washington football team's three-game streak and their playoff push. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Nikki Javala. All right, Nikki, so Nikki and I were talking before the air, and I'm glad we did this because she reminded me how I predicted after the bye they'd go on a three-game winning streak. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And, you know, (laughs) so I know, like, people may find that hard to believe, but thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, 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 you did not say that. (laughs) Well, I was thinking that in an alternate universe. I'm like, you you know, either they'll lose three in a row, maybe they'll go on a three-game win streak. So. I'm sure you were. Yeah, we all predicted this. <laughs> yes. We all knew this was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it was, it was obvious. obvious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, know, you, got, you can see it coming. There you go. Yeah. So, but what is your surprise at this three-game streak? Um, I'd say the biggest surprise is how it, it, it seems just like a, a switch flipped. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it's not just one group that showed improvement. Right. It's like all of them, really. Um, and they continue to deal with some of the same challenges that they had before, but they're able to overcome them. Like, you look at the offensive line, and the number of injuries to key players there is just astounding at this point. Um, they're back in a kicker rotation yes. after losing Joey Sly, but they managed to overcome these, losing their starting defensive ends and Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And, mm. you know, that, that line has probably looked better than it has, not because they're without Montez and Chase, but... 
you know, they're just coming together as a team. And, you know, Ron and, and the players kept preaching that they would reach a point where it would start coming together, but it was just very hard to see in those, those early weeks. Is there a group that has surprised you more during this time? Um, I would say, honestly, I would say the tight ends, mm-hmm. um, just because there's so little experience behind mm-hmm. Logan Thomas while he was out. And even Logan, I mean, he's, I still consider him relatively new to yeah. that position. You know, it's really only his second year as a full-time starter. Um, but what, what Pete Hayner was able to do with Ricky Seals Jones while he was in there and John Bates and, um, even Samus Reyes, Tamara Hemingway coming back, um, to me, that group has impressed just because they do more than what meets the eye, you know, it's not always just catching passes. So, um, I also think, you know, some of the more underrated players like DeAndre Carter stepping up was huge. Um, you know, I, I, I would say that defensive line, you know, just losing, you know, those two key players on the edge, um, you know, and bringing in Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams and, and what they've done in conjunction with the interior guys has been impressive. And I want to ask you about James Smith-Williams because you wrote a nice story about him a week or so ago. So I want to get into that in a minute. But, like, just as, you know, um, from the offensive line standpoint, too, mm-hmm. surprised that they could keep that going given their yeah. – Four centers. You got Cornelius Lucas and or Cosme in and out because right. of injuries and all right. that, and yet they keep going. Yeah. No. Wow. I mean, it's. I, I remember there was a point last season, right, where they there was one game where they reached the very end of their their yeah. depth chart in, in offensive linemen. They still held up. Um, I mean, it is a credit to their personnel and their coaching, I believe, because they they did get a lot of guys, and you have to across the league, right? Your reserves mm-hmm. on the line, they have to be able to play more than one spot. Um, but these guys have moved all over, and they've stepped up when starters have gone down. And I mean, it's it's you, you look at the run game, you, you look at how clean the pocket has been yeah. for Heineke, and a good number of those sacks have, you know, and he's admitted this have, have kind of been on him. Yeah. So yeah, I th- I think that O line has been really impressive. One of the most consistent groups, even amid all these injuries. Yeah, and and what I try to agree with that too. And then the other group that has changed is the secondary. Yes. Um, where have you seen the biggest jump there? Um, I'd say with the safeties. I mean, I, I feel like again there, you know, just in how they've compensated for injuries, in some ways they've found, you know, similar to last year too. They've mm-hmm. discovered some talent that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise. Um, you look at Danny Johnson, who's kind of filled in. Um, at the slot, and they put out which Kendall. has been a big surprise because yeah. that t- that bumps out Benjamin St. Juiced, right? Who had right. been playing outside, now Kendall's outside, right? And, no, and Kendall Kendall has been playing better outside. He played better outside mm-hmm. um, last season. I think shifting Landon Collins to his hybrid role, whatever you want to call it, a drop down safety, a linebacker hybrid, whatever, Buffalo nickel. I think that has kind of transformed that secondary and has allowed them to do more with their three safeties with Bobby McCain and, and Cam Curl. Um, and, and just the communication within the group looks better. They're playing as one, it seems like. And it does, and I think combined with Landon Collins, is the guy that I had on, th- on Channel 4 for our a weekly show, little little shout-out, 7.30 a.m., Sunday, NBC Channel 4, D.C., Cam Curl at the Thanksgiving yeah, table. A, that was my guy. He's great. And I think the combination of those two, because of how smart they are, has made a big difference. Yep, absolutely. I, I think Cam Curl is an absolute gem to think they got him in the seventh round last year I'm you know I 
and I think they probably think this too, you know, had it been a normal year and he got the exposure yeah. he probably should have deserved leading up to the draft, he, he would have been a much Definitely. higher He'd, he'd have been yeah. gone. He'd have been gone by the seventh round yeah. for sure. But he is, he's a fine. And Logan Thomas, after that game, he was preaching, you know, you guys well, need to know t- he's a top five safety. Well, how many times have you seen that? A guy come in and just unprompted yeah. at the end, because like when he said, can I say something? He said, what's he going to say? Yeah. And it was Cam Curl's a top yeah. five safety. Like, who says and th- that? And this isn't a guy that's in his room. It's not like another no. safety talking about his – yeah, no, he's – but I think it's true. I mean, the things he can do, just, you know, blitzing, just just his instincts. He's always in the right place. Sound tackler, fast. He's, he's you know, good in coverage. I, I just think he's um, one of those do-it-all defensive backs that – most teams. Yeah, he's very smart. I think he's very smart, and I think Landon is super smart as well. Um, And I think the combination of those two has made paid dividends. Um, Has your perception of Taylor changed at all during this streak? Um, Yes and no. I still feel like the sample size is is pretty small, but what has impressed me is his week-to-week progress. Like, you know, you think about typical rookies and he is very much like a rookie but he also has what five years in the league Mm -hmm. he's been in meeting rooms he knows the game he just hasn't had the game reps um but you see the progress you see him fix things that were a problem a week or two earlier and that to me is impressive um to know that he can do that because then you can actually you can go somewhere with that you know um you know the the question still of you know is he a long-term answer as a starter? I don't know. Right. I don't know that they know. I don't think they know either. Because <laughs> so, I don't think they view him yeah. as a as a guy like, is he going to be the guy that takes you there or the right. guy that kind of gets you to a certain exactly. point? Exactly. Exactly. He is, in my opinion, at, at the very least, a very good backup. Yeah. And that is huge to have. I think a backup quarterback is one of the most important positions well, on look a at, team. Well, look, it's been huge this year yeah. because if they don't have, if he's not playing well, they're not in the hunt for a playoff Correct. spot. Yeah. I mean, a backup in Washington ultimately turns into a starter at some point. So. <laughs> well, the surprise is the backup to the backup hasn't, because that's always what's happened too. So, and I think the Correct. durability part is what's probably surprised me the yeah, most. Yeah, yeah. And it was something, you know, he, he said he worked on it in yeah. the offseason, packed on like 15 pounds of muscle. Um, I did and the same showed. thing, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I didn't want to like, you know, make you I probably don't have to tell it, you that because it's yeah. kind of obvious, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is has helped I, I also think he's just one of those guys that is he's just tough you know yeah. he's dealt with stuff it hasn't like yes. hasn't been like he hasn't been injured he's dealt with some stuff and he's probably playing through a number of things right now but you know and dealt with also being doubted his whole yes. his whole absolutely. football career absolutely so i think that helps him too. That, that confidence is something i feel like you you can't teach especially at that position and you can you can see when young quarterbacks are kind of um mentally broken right. you know and oh yeah definitely he does not ever show that even when they're down they're trailing you know by 10 15 points in the fourth quarter he's still slinging it he's still Correct. diving and i you know i think it's very clear that his teammates respect the heck out of him for it absolutely can they keep this going good question i think this game will be a huge test against the raiders um you know just being on the road short week it's a good team but I, I think the final five games will, I mean, that's, decide. yeah, um, that's going to decide their playoff future. But, you know, it could also decide a number of um, individual futures for yeah. players. Um, so that's going to be key, especially seeing what guys can do this late in the season, these critical games, who really steps up. So we'll and see. Then, and then I guess the hard thing to predict is the health, because it's funny because... Right. 
despite you saying that I had picked all these games right, Obviously, I was concerned yeah. about this going into the stretch because of the health. I didn't know you had any doubts. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't no, know what you're talking about. But 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 the health was to me the health was a big thing. Like how can you keep overcoming some of this stuff? Right. And they have. Right. And that part is remarkable because it it's they haven't brought in new players. No. That's what's amazing about this team is like you know, they've used their, their practice squad. It's a bigger practice squad over these last two years because of COVID. But they've used that as kind of like a, a developmental pipeline for the offensive line. Maybe they start doing it for kickers and holders now. Who knows? But, <laughs> um, you know, they, they've stuck to their same group really since training camp. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm very curious if they reach a point and never like to see anybody get injured. But, you know, if something happens, do they have to bring a new talent? How quickly do they acclimate right. that person? So, um, and I, yeah. I think I think the two things for me is that it should remind people that when you're in free agency, building depth is just as huge as signing that Absolutely. big name free agent because they, the first year they built depth. And even this year they built depth. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Carter, Charles right. Leno, Eric Flowers. Like, you know, and they missed on some others so far. Right. So we know that, but the right. depth has been key. And then I think it's also, you know, preaching it or preaching or having a consistent message or um, developing your own. Right. Because everybody, you know, I'm sure we all got the questions. Oh, how can they improve into this? Well, the secondary's got to improve. You're, internally, they have to prove. You're not right. going to go out and find this elixir outside here. And I think that's what they've done. I think there's been a, the more they play together, the better they get. And I think it's also been not just that, but they figure out how to use some guys. Right, absolutely. And that, that's where I think continuity is key. And, like, you know, especially for a team like this where there's been so much losing disappointment, there's not that patience to really right. rebuild from the start. But you need that. You need guys that have been in the system for at least a year or two to really understand and be able to step in seamlessly and be those depth pieces that you need. And I think that's what they're starting to see now. Um, you just hope kind of going into this offseason that they don't change a number of key positions because then you're kind of in the same boat right. where you're starting over with a brand new secondary and you need five, six games to kind of, you know, get acclimated. So hopefully they can start to avoid that. Last thing, I did want to ask you about the James Smith-Williams piece, even though it was like a week or two ago. So, yeah. I, but, but people should still go Google it and search out if you didn't read it. It was about his work with domestic violence victims and all mm-hmm. that. And just, you know, what stood out to you as – he had talked about that before you went into mm-hmm. depth with it so what stood out to you after writing that piece um just this is just something that he took an interest in on his own on his own it, it wasn't something that he had really been exposed to but um while he was at north carolina state um brenda tracy um a, a victim of, of rape about 15 16 years ago um she spoke at North Carolina State, and it really touched James Smith Williams, and he immediately wanted to get involved and um, has become an ambassador with her, her organization, Set the Expectation, and has, has really done some tremendous work in raising awareness and um, trying to help the local community here in D.C. and in North, his uh, home state of North Carolina um, just provide resources for victims and families of um, sexual violence. and. I think he's gonna he's gonna receive a pretty significant honor um, before the Vegas game. Actually, um, it's from Vital Voices, and it's an honor that you know President Biden has received, Troy Vinson, NFL executive, has received in the past. Um, and it just really speaks to the, the work he's done, which is impressive. It's not always a topic that um, people in general are willing to talk about, but especially young men and young sure. men in the NFL. So it's it's 
pretty impressive the work he's done. It is, and he's a, like I had him on the podcast this summer because I always I, but he's a very mature guy. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I think because he comes across very well as that he's you know he's a big time reader. He's there's a lot right. of things to him that I think makes him a very well rounded person. Right. And I think an interesting person to talk to. Absolutely, and he's 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 played well. Um, you know his first very start. Very strong. I like him. Yeah, he's he's what similar to you? Is that where you're going with that? I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I thought um, again that was obvious, but thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, his first start in Carolina, his home state in LS, his mom was you know in the front row, and he him and Deron Payne get that game ceiling yeah. sack, so that had to be pretty cool for him. Yeah, there you go, Nikki. Thanks a lot. Of course, thanks for having me. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Jamin and Nikki for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with another episode previewing the Raiders game on Friday morning. We'll talk to you next time.